Welcome to On Attachment, a place to learn about how attachment shapes the way we experience dating, love, and relationships. I'm your host, relationship coach and attachment expert, Stephanie Rigg, and I'm really glad you're here. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of On Attachment. I'm so glad to have you here with me today for a really exciting episode where we're going to be talking about how to heal your anxious attachment. Now, full disclosure, anxious attachment is complicated and it's not something that you are going to be able to magically resolve by listening to a podcast episode. I hate to be the one to tell you that. But what I do hope to be able to share with you today is what is actually involved in healing anxious attachment. Because I think, you know, it's a question I get asked a lot. Is it possible to really heal anxious attachment, to shift into a more secure way of being in relationship? And if so, how to do it? Now, if you've been following me for a little while, you probably know that I have a six-week program called Healing Anxious Attachment, where obviously we go into this in great detail. It's a really incredible program and I've had some phenomenal results from clients and students who've gone through it. So I suppose I wanted to offer you in this episode a bit of an understanding of what that process actually looks like to make it all seem a bit less abstract and opaque and to understand, you know, what goes into the process of unpacking, processing, and shifting out of those attachment patterns into something a little bit more confident, secure, and stable. Before we dive into that, a reminder that Healing Anxious Attachment, my signature program, is reopening for enrollment very soon, next week. If you're already on the wait list, lucky you, Um, you'll save over $100 on the purchase price if you sign up during the waitlist period. If you're not on the waitlist, unfortunately it has now closed, but you can still join the program next week when it reopens uh, for general registration. Um, So keep an eye out for that. And yeah, I would love to have you in there. It really is powerful stuff. And if anxious attachment is something that you struggle with, you kind of can't afford not to do something about it, right? Because it can be a really distressing experience. And I know I've been there. So without further ado, how to heal your anxious attachment. So I want to start off here with some caveats, right? Healing, I think healing as a buzzword, healing as a, you know, insta therapy trope can be talked about in a way that is a bit reductive or simplistic. And I think that that cultivates an impatience in us, right? We get frustrated at the pace of our growth, of our evolution, and we want everything to be, you know, all resolved yesterday. (laughs) And the reality is that particularly with something like attachment, we are looking at a set of behaviors that for many of us have been in place consciously or otherwise since we were very, very young. And so I think it's really important to manage our expectations going into any sort of growth, healing, development work, that it is a marathon, not a sprint, that accepting that it will take time 
and that healing is incremental and it happens a day at a time, rather than making ourselves wrong for still struggling or still, you know, repeating a pattern. It's like, okay, how can we, how can we recalibrate our need for everything to happen efficiently? (laughs) Because this isn't, this isn't something that we can hack, right? With all of that being said, there are demonstrated methodologies and tools and approaches that work. And that's certainly been my experience, not only personally with my clients, but also having seen now hundreds of people go through my program. It's like, okay, yeah, this works, right? If you show up and you do the work, um, it will work. So let's look at what's going on for an anxiously attached person. Okay. And the way that I want to frame this is that there are two key puzzle pieces that are creating this anxious attachment, right? And those puzzle pieces are your negative or unhealthy core beliefs about yourself and your dysregulated nervous system. Okay. So let's start with the nervous system piece, because this is really fundamental. You may have heard me speak about this before. It's so important that it gets a whole module in my healing anxious attachment program. And I was so pleased to read the testimonials of the students who went through the first cohort of the course that more than any other aspect, everyone said that learning to regulate their nervous system was their biggest takeaway from the course. So this is powerful stuff, even if it doesn't sound that sexy. When we are anxiously attached, when we have any kind of emotional trauma, developmental trauma, our nervous system is overly sensitive to certain experiences, right? And for all of us, irrespective of any uh, attachment stuff, all of us all the time, our nervous system is scanning the environment, right? It's this process called neuroception and our nervous system is constantly scanning the environment to make an assessment of, am I safe or am I in danger? That's a beautiful system. There is nothing wrong with that. Where it comes unstuck is when we've had past experiences that didn't feel safe, our nervous system remembers those things and responds to the present as if it were the past. And so we can experience this level of hypervigilance um, and you know, hypersensitivity to certain situations. Um, and that launches our nervous system into this full-blown sympathetic arousal response, which, you know, is what we all associate with fight or flight, right? It's that mobilization energy of, I have to do something to deal with this situation because it doesn't feel safe. And for anxiously attached people, that will be a very familiar experience taken out of the abstract. It's like calling a hundred times. It's, you know, starting a fight. It's the protest behaviors. It's like stalking someone's social media. It's this energy of like frantic, panicked, this doesn't feel safe and I need to do something to make it all better because I can't, I can't handle this experience in my body right now. This doesn't feel safe. I need to do something. That's where the dysregulation piece really comes into play because when we are in that state, we are kind of at the mercy of our nervous system, right? 
And so learning to recognize and become masterful at regulating your own nervous system is instrumental. And I would say indispensable in wanting to make any lasting change on the more emotional stuff. Right. And this is the great irony. We think that we can read books. We think that we can like, you know, even just go to talk therapy or listen to podcasts. Hopefully this podcast is more substantively helpful, but The thing is we can't think our way out of it if we are leaving that nervous system regulation piece behind, because when it comes down to it in the moment, it's all bust, right? And our survival systems hijack us and will do everything in their power to keep us safe. So learning to actually work from the ground up in creating regulation is very, very important and cannot be overlooked in this process of you know, shifting out of anxious attachment and creating more secure attachment. So learning to regulate your nervous system, which if you haven't listened to it, I have another episode called five steps to working through a trigger. And I really go into this in a lot more detail, but understanding the nervous system, noticing when your body's going into dysregulation and pretty much dropping everything and making returning to regulation, your number one priority, that is absolutely essential. That's like treating the symptoms, right? When you are in a more regulated state, that's when we look at these core beliefs. So these core beliefs might be things like, no one will ever love me as much as I love them, or people always leave me, or I'm never going to have a healthy relationship, or I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough, smart enough, thin enough, anything enough, right? All of these stories we tell ourselves and they can be so deeply felt and so tightly held. And the thing is when we have these core beliefs, the belief becomes like the seed or the lens through which we interpret the world around us, right? So a huge part of healing anxious attachment is getting very clear on what these core beliefs are that you're working with and then starting to reprogram them, right? And to substitute them with healthier beliefs. And that is a process that's, again, not something that's going to happen overnight, but it is a powerful piece of the puzzle. And that's where we get to really bring our thinking brain online and and as part of the team in terms of creating this change. So, you know, to give you an example, if I have the core belief that I'm not good enough and then I'm in a relationship with someone and they're behaving in a really standoffish, disrespectful way, then I'm going to receive that information through the lens of I'm not good enough. And I might wonder what I've done wrong. I might blame myself. I might try and cheer them up. I might, you know, feel really upset and rejected because I've received their behavior as being about me and as confirmation of the fact that I'm not good enough. So then, okay, I start to feel all of those things that I've done something wrong, that I'm bad, that, you know, blaming myself, then what is that going to do? Lead to emotions like sadness, hurt, shame, anxiety, all of these other things, right? And we can see how that perpetuates the spiral because then our behavior is, is from that place. It's like, okay, if I'm feeling anxious and rejected, how am I going to behave? If we went to a healthier core belief as a starting point being, I am worthy of love and respect, then if someone's behaving like that, 
and and our starting point is I'm worthy of love and respect and we deeply believe that, then we're not going to have much interest or tolerance for disrespectful behavior, right? Someone's being standoffish and disrespectful and I think that I'm worthy of respect, then I'm going to set a boundary with them at the outset and say, I don't know what's going on with you. I don't know where that behavior is coming from, but we need to have a conversation about it because that doesn't work for me, right? And, you know, we can see then that it really interrupts the process and sends us down a different path in terms of how that plays out because the core belief of mine is much healthier. And so I'm not internalizing someone else's behavior. I'm not downward spiraling in a way that that reinforces and perpetuates my negative worldview about myself, right? So you can see that as we start to bring together these core pieces of nervous system regulation and reprogramming harmful beliefs, that's where the magic really happens. And bringing those two things together as part of the process is like, we're really rebuilding this from the ground up. Once we've got those pieces in train, And again, this will be something that you're working on over a period of time, practicing every day as you would with any other change or skill that you are wanting to develop. Once we have those building blocks in place, that's when we start to look at bringing in more practical tools and skills, right? So that might be things like boundaries, things like communication. Things like getting really clear on what your expectations are and what you're allowed to expect. Um, Things like identifying needs um, and practicing really advocating for yourself. That's when we can bring those skills-based things in later in the piece when we've got the foundation going. And so then you become really masterful at the, the practical pieces of being in a healthy relationship, right? That's where you can start to go like, now that I've got some healthier core beliefs and I'm learning to regulate my nervous system and self-soothe, then the next time I'm triggered in a relationship, I can go, okay, that doesn't work for me. Like that behavior of this person doesn't work for me. I'm going to regulate my nervous system. I'm going to self-soothe. And then what? Then I'm going to state a boundary clearly. And I'm going to communicate in a way that is clear and de-escalating and clearly conveys my need and my request while still avoiding going into an attack kind of pattern with my partner. But bringing in those more practical pieces of like, okay, then what? And those are the the parts where you really get to practice like, okay, what does a secure relationship actually entail, right? And I think where a lot of people go wrong is they start at the end there. They try to just start being in a secure relationship, they start trying with things like communication. But if your body feels like viscerally unsafe in the moment, that stuff's not going to work for you, right? Because it will always override your rational brain and those like skills-based things if you don't have the baseline level of regulation and if you don't have healthier core beliefs around worthiness and deservingness and expectations, and you know what you what you really want from your relationships and what's available to you until you raise the bar on those things then your boundaries are going to suffer your communication's going to fall flat 
Um, you're not going to feel confident or safe advocating for yourself in your relationship because your fear of abandonment is going to be so triggered and activated. So it is really important that we deal with those things sequentially and, you know, build the new house from the ground up. So I hope that that's been helpful in kind of giving you a feel for what the process and what my methodology for healing anxious attachment actually looks like. It is this, you know, reprogramming core beliefs, learning to self-soothe and regulate the nervous system, and then moving into skill-based, you know, tools, strategies, techniques for becoming a real master of healthy relating. And as you do that, And as you practice and as you start to like live and breathe the shifts, it becomes this really beautiful feedback loop. So your nervous system, as I mentioned before, it's constantly scanning for like, is this safe or is this dangerous? And it's using like the database of everything you've ever experienced as a reference point for that. As you start to add examples of, oh, okay, I can have a conversation in a healthy way, then you're adding things to the database in the form of counter evidence to the fear story that then embolden you to, you know, play with those growth edges and step outside your comfort zone, trusting that there is a safe version of that. So there is a safe way to experience conflict in relationship. I don't have to panic and tell myself that my partner is going to leave me if I express a need because we learn how to do that in a way that doesn't feel so unsafe and threatening. So I hope that this has been helpful. As I said, you know, this is obviously a a 15 minute version of my six week program where we, you know, I think there's about 15 hours of video content of me teaching, of Q&A. There's so much there. There's a beautiful Facebook community where everyone is just beautifully supportive of one another. If this resonates with you and your curious, I really, really encourage you to keep an eye out, to head to my website, to head to my Instagram. All of the details will be there once the course opens for enrollment next week. And I would love to see you in there. So thank you so much for being with me today. And I will see you guys again soon. Take care. Thanks for joining me for this episode of On Attachment. If you want to go deeper on all things attachment, love, and relationships, you can find me on Instagram at stephanie underscore underscore rig or at stephanierig.com. I've got loads of free content there. Plus, if you're interested, you can join the waitlist for the next round of my signature six-week program, Healing Anxious Attachment. Thanks again for joining me and I'll see you soon.